and welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. So I may ask a question or three, is that okay? Thank you. Who read the email from two weeks ago from Pastor Steve? Okay, awesome. So then it'll just be going over some really good things that you already read for those that read it. If you don't get the email, gosh, I'd encourage you to see Mitchell or Pastor Ryan and get set up for that email. This is discipleship. We talk a lot about discipleship here. You want to be discipled? Plug in. This is a word for right now. And the Lord had already given me what I was going to share today and some, some of the... And then he led me back to that email. Mm, I think it was Thursday. Maybe it was, I don't know, whatever day. And I was like, oh my gosh. Thank you, Lord. But there's some points here that are so vital to who we are in this moment. And I'm sharing that with this room because you all were supposed to be here. And I'm not saying somebody else is going to miss it because they can still get it. But you're here for a very specific reason. And I really feel like there's a word from the Lord in this for everyone that's here. This is a now thing, a today thing. We as a family, as a leadership team and as a family are being very purposeful about preparing. Did you catch all our brother just shared about how the good Samaritan, if he wasn't prepared? Now, go ahead and say you're not supposed to be sitting on anything again. Grab that poverty mindset. Please don't. I'm being facetious. We have got to be prepared in this hour. And I'm not, I, with no fear, no trepidation. That guy wasn't running down the road being afraid, was he? No, but he, was he prepared to help out? Yes. That's so awesome. Just another little, I'm sure, coincidence. We as a community, as a family, want to be more purposeful and start to expand areas of uncharted territory in our relationships. If you're in a grace group, you've heard some of this. I've shared some of this from the podium as well as Pastor Steve. If you've listened to Doc Ryan in Expedition 44 over the years or heard him speak here over the years, you've heard him speak to the same thing. He edifies this body internationally in a large way as one of the bodies that he sees that's beginning to do it in ways others aren't yet. That's awesome. Yet. So we're going to get some of that yet out of the way. Come on in. The water's really good, I promise. You want to be a part of this. So if you're not part of a grace group, I'm sure there's a great reason why you weren't last week, but I'd encourage you to be this week. Does that mean you'll miss out if you're not part of a grace group? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Does it mean you're going to be cut out of being helped? Oh, heavens no. But you will miss out. And I don't want any of you to miss out. 
I want to have us start another half a dozen grace groups in the next 12 months because we have so many people doing grace group we can't fit in all these houses. And I know the Lord has brought the leaders to this body to do that because we're equipping equippers. And there's a bunch ready to do this. Okay, back to Steve's email. Praise God. We are a community, Pastor Steve said, a very specific, uniquely defined, distinctive in our design and purposefully ordained. Maybe Francisco just read the first line there and then just manipulated a little bit with what he was... Maybe? Okay. Ordained for our high calling, functions that are known and yet and not yet revealed. I know I just opened our communication with some heavy statements and thoughts, but stick with me and I will do my best to smooth it out like a well-made bed for resting peacefully. I'm going to go down a little bit. And I don't even know if it's possible, but I'll just make a commitment for the technological team. If you didn't get this email and you want it, ask for it and somebody will get it to you. Community is a well-used, well-worn word among the faithful elders and even newbies of modern culture and Christian culture alike. There is a battle between them as to who is the real and who is the plastic. This silent ideological war is having a legitimate impact on our once Christian society for real. One of the reasons for that negative impact is the retarded belief, and loyal adherence to the generally accepted idea that all community is good. Even folks who form sadistic and hateful communities do it in recognition that being in community is healthy and humanly a necessity. Real, wholesome, and authentic community fits us like a favorite pair of comfortable and properly fitted jeans or boots or boots, Pastor Steve, that are perfectly worn out in all the right places. God created it, and we need to righteously and internally redeem it. We need each other desperately. We need each other desperately. We were not built to be an island. In this community model that we are moving into, and I use that word model really loosely, but... We want to meet each other's needs in ways we never have before by learning more about each other and what you do and don't do and what you're good at and, 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 and. And I'm going to do my best as, as we go through this today to not pick on specific individuals, but some of you, I know what you do and, and you're already doing some of what we're doing. So like Brother Scott, I'm going to talk about your shop and what you do. I'm going to, I can't help it because it's right there. But again, we all do things that can bless other people in ways that we don't even know about yet because we get this whole we're not worthy thing. I just knit. I just, I, you know, 
That's a big deal. Anybody else wear toques? Stocking caps, mittens, gloves, use a comforter, right? So it's a big deal. The Lord is calling us back to what he had us, how he had us originally. And beloved, we were all called here from some pretty large distances and some pretty diverse backgrounds to walk this journey out together. With Jesus as the the center of what we're doing and doing it in a way that doesn't make sense to most, unfortunately, until it makes sense to most. I know because I hear the testimonies of those of you who have shared some of what happens around here that other people raise eyebrow and go, well, that kind of thing doesn't go on at my church. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm personally, I... Personally, I am sorry. I am sorry. Because I want this for everyone, what we have. And that doesn't mean we want 10,000 people in Lena at Beloved. That's not my heart there. I don't believe that's Pastor Stephen, Miss Kay's heart either. It's not about the size of the body. It's about what we're doing, and it's about leaking it out into the world. It's about making disciples of the nations. We're a body of equipping equippers, discipling disciples, equipping equippers. Did you catch that with what the brother was sharing too? I, okay. James 5, 16 in the Darby. I didn't give you that, sis, and I repent. Confess, therefore, your offenses to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The fervent supplication of the righteous man has much power. You can't do that unless you're in unity, unless you're in community. Because you're not in relationship in a way that you could even begin to feel comfortable with that. Or is that just me? Boy, it got really quiet. I'm not, I'm encouraging you to think about this as a family, as a community in a way perhaps you never have before so that you can feel comfortable enough to say to one another, to say to somebody else, I'm struggling right here. I'm working on this. Mitchell did that this morning, quite honestly. You did that in a beautiful way by accepting that book. We're all in uncharted territory. Every one of us in our journey is not there. We're in uncharted territory. So how do we think we can do that without each other? When the word says we need each other and to pray for one another that ye may be healed. I want to be healed of that. I want to be what God created me to be. And I'm still working all this out. 
There's a lot of new in both Al's life and mine, and Kyle's. Praise God, Kyle's in the house. Amen. The dancer's in the house. But there's a lot, Jesus, there's a lot of new. That's a lot of working it out. Yeah? We need your prayers. We need you. We need each other. But we need you. Our family standing with us, and you have, and you do, and we love you for it and honor you for it. The fervent supplication. The fervent prayer. Some, some so I'm just going to kind of, it's not BLT, because I'm just going to like, no, it's not. I'm going to use some different, without going to all these different translations. So, some translations say, the fervent prayer of a righteous saint. Some say, the fervent supplication, like the Darby. Then others say, the prayers of a righteous man. Do you see the difference in just a couple simple words in one scripture and what kind of impact that is? Because I got to tell you, this is not, this is who you are. This is not, this is a fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, of course, right? We got that part? We don't need that? Okay, good. The fervent prayer of a righteous man has much power. Put your heart behind it and let it fly. And stand with your brother. I was blessed to stand with Mitchell right as he was receiving, right as he was releasing that. Because he had told me during worship what he was going to say. And I got to stand with him immediately. With all what y'all call zeal and passion. I call it fervency when I'm standing before my king. And I let it fly from my heart. And then I watch the fruit of it. And I can't wait to watch it. Because <laughs> that dude blesses my socks off. And it blesses me to watch all of us move from glory to glory to glory. And that's a really big step. Okay. So this morning as I was here praying and, and just kind of tidying up some notes and writing a list with three or four scriptures for, for Deborah. The Lord gave me a really timely word for today. And I really feel like the Lord is saying to us all, it's time to implement what he has shown you in the past. It's time to implement right now. It's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. It's time right now. He's given you thoughts. He's given you ideas. He's given you witty inventions. He's given you precepts. He's given you principles. He's given you revelation. It's time for all of us that have something on our heart we've not stepped into. Right now is the time to step into it. Be the hero that you were created to be and stop disagreeing with the Lord, what the Lord says about you. You're worthy of all he has for you and all the strategies he's shown you are given to you for this very time. 
submit to one another and seek counsel as to how to implement. I would love to be able to dissect that a little bit for y'all, and I can't. That's what, that's what he gave me. You'll have to dissect it for yourself. But I know it's landing even now in some hearts. And when I say submit to others, I know what, what that means in my heart. So I believe that's the way the Lord wanted me to serve it. It's about going to a brother or a sister and going, okay, so you know that thing. And, and this is what the Lord showed me last week, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. And I'm supposed to be stepping into this. How on earth do I even implement this? Here's what I know about our king. That person you're going to bounce that off of, per se, or submit that to, submit that to, is going to already have an answer from the Lord in their heart, and they're going to stand with you. Because the Lord is faithful, and he loves you, and he cares about all of this. Amen. So I urge you to do that. 1 Corinthians 13, 9, King Jameth, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. So I just did my part. I shared what the Lord gave me today for you. You can take it or leave it. I'd encourage you to think about it and meditate I, because I know that there are things in everybody's heart here that will impact not only your own journey but your family's journey, our family's journey, the region, and the nations. So just agree with me right now. Father, I just thank you for, for this body shaking the nations, for our team that is right now with our pastor, our pastoral team in Kenya, blessing the nation of Africa through what's being spoke out right there. Lord, the fingers that come out of those meetings, Lord, we just bless them in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord, that those seed are falling on good soil right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Staying balanced in an unbalanced world. We're a little unbalanced. Man, it doesn't stop. I say, I say probably too much. It doesn't surprise me anymore. Nothing can surprise me. I make my heart sad. Yeah. We stopped on from picking up Kyle at O'Hare on a Cracker Barrel. And I was so distracted by the two young ladies that were demon-possessed, holding hands and kissing each other at the table over here the whole time, that I wanted to do something to move something, so I just couldn't even, because all I wanted to do is go cast the demons out of them both. This world is so unbalanced, it's crazy, and it's not just an area or two, it's everywhere we look. No hope. The woke, perverse ideology that's rampant has never been exposed more than it is right now. And that's the beautiful part we live in. We live in the most glorious days ever because all of the enemy's plans are being exposed. 
we can't go after something and we can't help somebody unless we know they need a hand. We have a lot of choices to make, beloved. The enemy wants to program us, wants to get us to believe his ideologies, wants us to say, well, it's okay, it's just a little of that, or it's just a little of that, or it's just a little of that. What part of a king and a priest, which you all are, right? can be a part of a little of that and a little of that and a little of that in the world system. It's one of the really important reasons we need to be in community in a deeper way now than perhaps before. To help guard ourselves, to help keep each other in check, to help edify each other. Not to run around finger wagging, but how about to keep us in kingdom conversation or to help keep us in a place where we're not tempted to do things that we may have done before? I don't know. There's a myriad of reasons that we do that, but we are what we behold. So hanging out with brothers and sisters is a really positive thing. And that's why I brought up originally when Marshall and I just last week stood here and went, look at all these people. Hanging out and loving on each other and laughing and a bunch of them went to lunch and that's what I'm talking about. Because the other choices are not necessarily good. Not that you're bad if you're not involved with people all the time. Because I got that too. There's a real balance here, right? Okay. We need to be purposeful about what we engage in because the enemy is trying to take you subversively in ways you may not even recognize. I know I diss sports quite a bit. I can't help it. I don't like it. I don't think God created us to beat the tar out of each other and call it a sport. I just don't. This beautifully and wonderfully created thing too late now. No, yeah, don't even. Nope. <laughs> the, I don't believe he created us to go beat each other up so y'all could bet on it. Or put on a goofy hat or get naked when it's 30 degrees and paint your body and woo. I just don't believe it. Aside from that, did anybody see any clips from the Super Bowl and the demonic activity this year at the Super Bowl during the halftime? absolutely in your face. 20 years ago, I can remember saying, well, that's kind of demonic. Well, I guess it's got to be me. 19 years ago, oh, that's five, six years ago, oh my Lord. This year, last year, the year, it's crazy in our face. Music that we listen to. When I hear some of the verbiage coming from other cars that I pull up alongside of, now granted, where we live, out in the gravel, we don't hear much of nothing. And not too many people pull alongside of us at the stop sign on the gravel roads. I'm just saying. Yet, every once in a while, at a gas station or in town somewhere, you'll hear verbiage. It's like, why on earth are you putting that in your head? 
The enemy has got us like frogs in boiling water on this. We are what we behold, right? The world is what it beholds. I'm not saying there's anybody here involved in any of that, That's not, or on YouTube. That's not that. But it's a word of caution about stepping deeper in holiness, and maybe some of that leaking in has got to stop. This culture that we live in, that the world believes is okay, is absolutely appalling to me, yet I'm never surprised at what I hear. I know that's like, sounds crazy, but quite honestly, <laughs> about six in 10 adults, 61%, express a positive view of the impact of same-sex marriage being legal. That's Pew Research. So that's a really good research firm. 61% of adults in America today think it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. What on earth? Sixty-four percent feel that society is just as well off if people have priorities other, other than marriage and children. Again, pew. These are the influencers of our society. They, that, I, I'm not a mathematician. That'd be Kyle. I'm not a mathematician. But I don't even need to take off my shoes to figure out 64% is more than 50%. That means more than half of the society in America today says that it's okay to have priorities other than marriage and children, and that more than half believe it's okay for same-sex marriage. I don't buy into that, because I didn't get a memo from the Lord saying it's okay. His words changed. This is the world with which we partake and do life with. And I, for one, and our house, we want to do less with that and more with this. More than four in 10 Americans, more, 42%, say they would be less likely to date someone who's very religious. I, you know, I have questions. Define religious. Is that somebody who goes to church once a year, once a month, every, every week? You mean you go every week? 20% say this would make them more interested in potentially dating someone, and 36% say it would not make a difference to them at all. Almost half of Americans, 42%, say they won't date somebody that they feel is very religious. You do realize we're about one-tenth of one percent of believers, us, and it may even be a lot less than that, but let's just say one-tenth of one percent. Okay, I like it. I I'm okay with that, but are, but are we those that are considered very religious? Or is that somebody that goes to church every Sunday? Because you know a lot of people just come on Christmas and Easter. 
lot of people come into the sanctuary just to take a nap. Are they very religious because they showed up? I don't know. At the same time, not believing in God appears to be a greater liability in dating. 49% of Americans say they'd be less likely to date someone who does not believe in God. So is that that you don't believe, you believe in God because you don't believe in the Big Bang Theory or because you're really following Jesus? What does that mean? It's more questions. Because we know a lot of people who will, with their mouth, profess there's a God, but it means nothing. They're dead. They are not in Christ. But I couldn't get an answer from Pew. 38% of Americans say it wouldn't matter one way or another. Believe in God or not, I don't care. If I like what I see, I want it. Which leads me to this whole dating thing for just a little bit of a sidebar. It's nowhere in the Bible. Young folks, there's no dating in the scriptures. Seek Jesus. And let him bring you a mate that's perfect for you in that moment. And, and it's all over this room. And I'll short somebody if I keep pointing, so I'm going to stop. It's literally, he knows you better than you know yourself. Let him pick your mate. In his time, not yours, because maybe you're not ready. Ooh. Waiting on the Lord. So these are the reasons we need to be set apart. All the things that I just laid out in the world, and that's just the tip of the iceberg in what's going on in society, right? But really, truly, it's why we need to be set apart. Insulated from the world that has fallen and falling in greater and greater ways every day, we need to be in unity as the body of Christ. Yet, on the other side of that, we need to go make disciples. We need to go lay our hands on the sick. Sheep produce sheep. Got really quiet. That's the pastor's job to get new people here. Um, no, it's all our job to be kings and priests and go pray for people and bring people to Christ. It's called fruit of our journey. Making disciples of the nations. It's every one of our jobs. Romans 12, 12 in the King James. And be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, King Jimoth, and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed. Be not conformed. The Greek word that was translated conformed here is, who oh boy, shishishisimtazo. 
Doc Ryan, it's the best I could do, brother. Shiz is, uh, and it ends in a, it's like 11 letters and it ends in a Z-O. It's almost a sushi thing. And it means to, fa to fashion alike. The scripture is telling us that we should be different than unbelievers. We should be different. Can people look at us when we're at our homes and we're not just like the guy next door? What, why? How, how are we different? Is it the same music coming out of the house? Is it the same kind of activities? Do, when you're talking at the property line or you got them over for dinner, because I pray you all have your neighbors around for food and stuff, do they know you're different by the conversations you want to ensue in? Do they know that you're not just a churchgoer because you actually care about them? Or because you tell, oh, you should have seen what happened at church last week? I don't know. Because again, it's, it's not about legalism and telling you what to do. It's about being who you were created to be and then leaking that love all over everybody. So are we conformed or are we part of the same? Do we look different to the rest of the world? Most of us as Christians recognize this, but we seem at a loss as to how to accomplish it. Oh, praise God, they got an answer. This verse goes on to give us the answer. The key is our minds. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. If we think on this the same things the world thinks on, we're going to have the same results. If we keep our minds stayed on God through the study of his word and fellowship with him and the saints, we will begin to walk in a place we never even knew was so easy to walk in, like a hot knife through butter. Part of the community. That being said, we need to be influencers. Oh, yeah, we need to be influencers. Hmm. Romans 12, 2 in the Passion. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions. Yeah, for real. Ideals. Could that be how we dress? Huh. Could that be being worried about what people's opinions are of you that are in the world? Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Sidebar. You wonder why I look at all these different translations when I'm studying the word? I mean, I, yeah, I love them all. But this just really lays it out kind of in a fun way because it really gets in there. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. And organically, the Lord will change you 
out of these worldly thoughts, these old opinions of. He will write on your heart what his heart is for you. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Now, that being said, we need to be influencers and heroes like Dr. Pasta Steve has been teaching us for the last 37 weeks. Okay, I don't know that's true. However many weeks this has been, which has been glorious, because we're supposed to be heroes. We're supposed to be influencers. We're equippers doing the word of God, not hiding who we are from the world, yet we need each other to be who we were created to be. So we can edify, we can exhort, we can stand alongside of. Is there anybody in the room here today that saw someone in their journey in Christ and said, I want what they have, and that's what brought them to where they are right now? I know for me. Look around. Wait, put your hands back up and look around, you guys. See what a big deal this is? I know for myself, some of it wasn't even words. It was the actions of that person. It was what they walked in. It was who they were, and I wanted that. Good, I see head bobbing, so other is, others are in agreement with that. In this time, it's more important than ever that we're fully connected and not an island alone in this world. To know who you are in Christ above everything else and who God created you to be. The identity piece of the worship we went through today and what Brother Francisco shared. John 15, 16 in the BSB. You have not chosen me, said the Lord. But wait a minute, I said the prayer. I yielded myself to you, but I have chosen you. I chose you. So now put in perspective when you hear us say, you were chosen to be here today. You were chosen to be alive in this hour. You were chosen to be in this region, or you were chosen to live 100 miles away and come and worship with us every Sunday and be a part of our family. Or you were chosen to be a king and a priest, to be a quipper. But I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring fruit. I'll just back up because I was making it up as I went along. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will remain, fruit that won't get rotten, won't fall off the vine, fruit that will be tangible, that will produce like fruit. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Why do we want fruit? Why do we want fruit? To reproduce, but also 
so that whatever I ask the Father in Jesus' name, he'll give me. He'll stand with me. The Lord didn't choose us for failure, but he chose us for success. That worthy peace. That worthy peace. If his word says it, it's true. Amen? Amen. You are worthy. I would encourage us all to think about what we're bringing as we get together as opposed to what we can receive. Ah, and I'm not against, that was a great word, that was a good prayer, thanks for bringing that prophetic word, I'm all about it. But how about if we got together with our body, or we were together breaking bread on a Saturday night, or a Tuesday night, or an off day, and it was a small gathering, or a women's group, or a men's group, or a kids group, or a teen discipleship, all super important, if you're not involved, please be involved, you're missing it. What if it was, we need your body part? Where are you? We're missing you. Kind of hard to drink coffee without my elbow. I need you. We need each other in that way. And I think that sometimes we miss that because we don't feel the value that the Lord has for us. We don't understand the worthy piece in the depth that we should. We also keep each other in balance. And how about just helping each other out? We got some great helpers in this body. Anybody move? Has anybody in this building moved? Yeah. How about some awesome helpers? Right. Or cleaning stuff up. Or have you ever been here when we're feeding everybody and watch what happens afterwards? Everything's put away. Everything's put back together. It's fascinating. That's a servant's heart. I believe in this hour, we're going to begin to take some of those things that the Lord has planted in your heart, and we're going to help each other start businesses. You know that we have ex-business owners within our own family that ran some pretty successful companies, and our brother Kevin actually runs a consulting firm that deals with really, really large corporations on a national and multinational level, and he would be honored to speak truth into your business concept and idea, or a business that's having trouble. I know. You can't make this stuff up. We're tilling the soil in each other's heart as we're hanging out. We were together with the Worchesses last night and played some games and had a a great time. And there was soil tilling going on with the kids, with the adults. It was a great time. And we laughed and we joked and we ate. Lord, we ate. But that tilling of each other's hearts is a constant. Didn't even have to be purposeful about it. Brandon, were you purposeful about questions or stuff? And th- No. It's just organic amongst the saints, right? Yes. Because it's not a job, it's a life. It's who we are. Andrew Walmack says, good ground just doesn't happen. It must be cultivated. This is the reason only one out of four people in Jesus' parable brought forth fruit. 
fruit that will remain. Only one in four. It takes a lot of effort and diligence to be a fruitful Christian. As Jesus said, it also takes patience. The Christian life is not a 50-yard dash. It's a marathon. Hallelujah. If it was a 50-yard dash, I would have been done a long time ago because I wouldn't be making it. It's a journey. It's quicker and easier to raise a bunch of weeds than grow a bunch of corn. This whole The ground just gave it a place to grow, and we simply put God's word in our hearts and protect it and give it priority in our lives. Priority in our lives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto thee. It's that. It's being purposeful. Don't let your soul or the enemy tell you that you don't have talents or abilities or the ability to have a prosperous, fruitful life in Christ. It's a lie. And I don't know about you guys, but when we're together as a family, pre-service, post-service, hug and neck, kiss a cheek time, Tuesdays at staff, Wednesday nights at grace group, when we're together with individuals on the phone or couples in our home or whatever that looks like, men's, women's, we're constantly edifying each other. It's constantly exhorting and building each other up. It's testifying to the goodness and the grace and the mercy of our love, of our Lord, whom we love. Pastor Steve said one time, and I laughed so hard, I don't know about some people that don't like to go to church and be plugged in. Do they realize in heaven you're going to be 24-7 with saints? If they don't like being with them now, what makes them think they want to be in heaven with them? Now, yeah, in as much as it's kind of funny, it's like a deep truth. Ah, but I want to go to heaven, really, because we haven't seen you in months. What makes you say you want to be there? Because all that's going to be is praise and worship and hanging out with saints. You might not like it if you don't like it here. And I'm not just saying here. It could be anybody you're involved in. But really, truly. I hope I quoted that right, Pastor Dr. Steve. I love you. So it's really up to us how deep we go in this. But honestly... It is so good, the community that we are, that we have, and that we're moving deeper in. But it comes with that little word, if. Allie and I were talking with a gal on the phone, and I might have this wrong. I believe I got it right. She has a thesis on the word if. Is that right? Say it again. She wrote a paper on the word if in her studies. And I found it no coincidence because if is such a big deal. 
And I say it tongue-in-cheek all the time. But then the Lord was really drilling on that a little bit as I was pulling all this together. And it's the decision we all get to make on our journey moment by moment by moment by moment. There's 1,420 Bible verses in the King James with if in it. Do you think if's a big deal? I, it was totally a different... As I looked at that number, it was totally a different way that I looked at if. 2 Corinthians 7.14. If my people. 14. Really? Because I boasted. Chronicles. Mm -hmm. This would be one of those really uncomfortable pauses. You'll just bear with me a minute, please, in Jesus' name. Chronicles. And if my people who are called by them by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from the heavens and forgive their sin and heal their land. If. I would encourage you to, to, to look up some of Expeditions 44 stuff on the early church. Doc, does, Doc Ryan does such a great job on it. Um, I personally wish I, was, I had been able to experience some of those early church meetings, although I wouldn't choose to be alive anytime, but right now, based on these times that we live in, being in the midst of the beginning stages of the Great Awakening and knowing that we are going to live in our glorified bodies, we are seeing signs, wonders, and miracles like saints haven't seen for hundreds and hundreds of years. Praise God. To worship without the years of church tradition. To pray for boldness. To see the sold-out commitment of every Christian that was part of that early church. And I thank God daily for being alive right now. I really do. I'm so blessed to be here right now. Pew Research... Lots of pew in here today, huh? 24% of adults overall say their faith has become stronger or they came into faith because of the coronavirus pandemic. I know! But wait. So we're in seed story. 25%. They said it's 24%. Huh, I, I, could be a coincidence, but I find it interesting regardless. But 24% of the people polled said they came to Christ or their relationship was deepened with God because of the corona lie, the exposure of the lie, the exposure of the pandemic. It's the way the question read. Praise God, because we need those people in the body. God chose them just like he chose us. 
We need them in the body to do what the Lord's doing in this hour. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 in the CEV, the body of Christ has many different parts just as any other body does. That's why we need each other so desperately. I mean, I made an analogy a while ago about if I didn't have my elbow, how would I drink coffee? God forbid I not be able to drink some coffee. Thank you. 1225, he did this, he, God, did this to make all body parts work together smoothly with each part caring about the other. How can we know what your body part is? How can I benefit by your body part or your body part or your body part if we're not together? Now, I believe if we're supposed to have a thumb in here this morning and no thumb showed up, somebody's going to get grace to be a thumb. I believe that. Yet, wouldn't it be much easier if you were the thumb to get off the couch and just come? Or forget about the football game or the thing in the stuff and just be part of the family God called you to? 1226. If one of our body parts hurts, we hurt all over. Amen. Amen. You've heard Pastor Ryan call it out. I think I've called it out twice. When somebody's hurting in this room, or there's contention, or hurt, or pain, or so, when something's going on like that, it's palpable in the spirit because our body can feel it. Things aren't right. If one of our body parts is honored, the whole body will be happy. Please be happy. That's a really big kingdom principle that isn't taught hard enough. Because we're taught exactly the opposite in the world. Oh, great. You've got a raise. Hallelujah. That was supposed to be my raise. I've been working here longer. I do a better job. What the heck? Man, don't go there in the kingdom. Do you want to be blessed? Thank the Lord for the way your brother's being blessed. It's a big deal. It's called honor. And we have a king that values honor. Twenty-seven. Together, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of his body. And our body. Wait. That's a two-part. Wait, does that mean I'm a three-part being? So I got this body going on, I'm part of this body here, and I'm part of his body? You're sure? Oh, cool. Okay. Just want to make that's a whole three-part thing. Fascinating. Isn't it? That struggle to stay out of the flesh is real. For me, at times. I'm getting it. 
And I'm not there yet. And I want to be there. And I'm not saying that to be that super spiritual guy. That's not it at all. I just want to be all Jesus created me to be. And that doesn't involve this flesh nonsense. I want to be the part of his body that he created me to be. So what did the early community of believers look like? Acts 2.42, BSB. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. I submit to you that although there are people that don't believe they're apostles in our life, in our family's life, that are actually walking as apostles, I'm going to steer clear of that entire hour of my feelings on all of that in this hour and in this day because I really need to stay with what the Lord taught me about community today or wants me to share about community. Yet anyone who's shepherding you, anyone who's discipling you in any way, shape, or form is what I'd like you to plug into that. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer in unity, in agreement, which means what? Dead silence, and a hush fell over the room. He asked a question we can't answer. Don't want to answer? Don't want to answer. Unity. So if you disagree with something I share, go home and have roast pastor. Just talk about that crazy pastor Bob thing and misquoted and you can't and he shouldn't and don't. Correct me, please, because if I'm wrong, I want to be corrected. I do. I want to be corrected. That's submitting one to another. I don't, yeah. 43, a sense of awe came over everyone, and the apostles performed many wonders and signs. Has anybody been in a body that's seen more healing signs and wonders than we've seen in our family right here? Please raise your hand if you have, because I want to know where it is. I'm, I'm asking in a nice way. Me neither. Are we losing our sense of awe and wonder at what's happening right here in this, in this building? Are you testifying to what the Lord's been doing in your life, those little ones and big ones? Because a miracle is a miracle. A headache is no different than being cured of stage four cancer. It's a healing. It's a miracle. It's all finished, yet in your life, if you're dealing with a headache every day, it's a miracle it's gone. Are we staying in that place of awe and wonder? <clears throat> 44, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. Back to that unity thing. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm not driving a Chrysler product. I don't care if you all opt to drive Chrysler products. I'm not. Thanks for the three of you that got that. That was really good. I thought so. Um, 
They had everything in common. They were in unity in the faith. 45. They sold their possessions and goods and shared with anyone who had need. Does that mean you're supposed to go home and sell your house? Only if the Lord leads you. In this body, you know how many cars we've given away? How many groceries we've given away? You know how much money we've given away to help with stuff? It goes on and on and on, and praise God. And I don't even know of it all because I, don't, I only hear well after the fact of sometimes the blessings that happen amongst you all. With one accord, they continued to meet daily. Wait. Monday through Friday? And Saturday? And Sunday? Didn't they have stuff going on at the Coliseum on Sundays? They met in the temple courts and to break bread from house to house sharing their meals with gladness and sincerity of heart. Ha, it's all a matter of the heart. They were blessing each other simply by sharing what they had. We do that really well, but I believe we can do it better. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. Ask the Lord what body part you are if you don't know. Ask him how you're supposed to step into this in a deeper way. You have a divine destiny. There's a scroll written on you in heaven, right? So the Lord knows what that scroll says. Ask him what it is. Lord, how can I be who you created me to be for this family? Because we were all called here, yes? We kind of pretty much all agreed on that a while ago. How come only three did this time? <laughs> if you were called to this body, you have a body part. If you don't know what that is, ask. God will share it with you. He'll tell you. And it'll be like a hot knife through butter for you to perform to be who you are, to be the body part you were supposed to be. Why should we do that? Because we need you. I need you. We need you. We're moving. This body's growing deeper in him. We are moving. We're on a journey. We need you. And I know my daddy. And if we're missing a left heel, and the guy who's brought here, or the woman that's brought here to be a left heel isn't being a heel, God's going to bring another heel, and y'all going to get left on the side of the road. I love you, but I believe that's reality. Because he's not going to leave us in a place without. Because we don't live without anything on this side of the cross. Hebrews 6, 1, please. We must try to become mature and start thinking about more than just the basics we were taught about Christ. And a hush fell on the room. 
We shouldn't need to keep talking about why we ought to turn from deeds that bring death and why we ought to have faith in God. Two. And we shouldn't need to keep teaching about baptisms or about the laying on of hands or about people being raised from death and the future of judgment. Three. Let's grow up. God is willing. Please, let's grow up. And I submit to y'all, it's going to be much easier to all grow up together. Anybody ever walked up a mountain by yourself or up a big hill by yourself? And how much easier is it to be arm in arm? Let's read that in the Passion, please. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. Come on. That's, I, I don't care who you are. That is written so well. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon, turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God, teaching about different baptisms, impartation, and the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we will move into deeper truths. We've got this. Because he's got this. And because we as a body are yielded to him, so it's more about him than it is about us, I pray. So where you say amen. amen. God will enable us to make these moves, this constant journey into his deeper truths because we're yielded. And we're doing it out of a place of love one for another. I joke often about what the neighbor peoples say. Because you know some of them are watching us on Sunday mornings, right? Kissing each other and hugging and kids running all over and pushing each other down in the snow. And, and it's beautiful. Because you know they're looking at us seeing us loving on each other. Amen. Smiles coming from either way on that sidewalk. As soon as people turn the corner, I see the smiles. I see the smiles as you get out of cars down there. It's, ah, I'm here finally, I'm almost there. Praise God. That in itself is a witness to these neighbors in ways that we might never know, and we might know the day they come in and go, I've been watching you for 11 years. <laughs> I decided to come to this worship night because I've heard it, but y'all look so happy all the time. I want some of that. Amen. That's that, that. <laughs> Hebrews 8, please. In this covenant, for here is the covenant I will one day establish with my people of Israel. I'd really encourage you to, to dive into the beginning of this, but this is great covenant teaching, and for the sake of these glorious clocks, I'm going to do two of these. 
For here's the covenant I will one day establish with my people of Israel. I will embed my laws within their thoughts and fasten them unto their hearts. I will be their loyal God and they will be my loyal people. 11. And the result of this will be that everyone will know me as Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone, all creation, no excuses. That unction is on their heart. There will be no need at all to teach their fellow citizens or brothers by saying, you should know the Lord Jehovah, since everyone will know me inwardly from the most unlikely to the most distinguished. So why is it that so many people just don't seem to get that? Because you would think that they'd just be coming running, right? Can we go back to the frogs in boiling water? Okay. The world's telling them something completely different. Right. Completely different in every way it can. It's programming them through television, through videos, in a completely different mindset than these truths. And then, the intellectual side, you've got all these scientists and the whole academia teaching exactly the opposite of the kingdom of God. The Big Bang Theory. Evolution. The theory of evolution. Which Darwin himself called a theory. But it has no relevance, apparently, to some or many, that it was just a theory. We need to keep encouraging one another and be thoughtful and be purposeful about ways we can bless each other. Then the most difficult part of this whole thing for me, receiving. Thanks, Ms. Kay. At least one person's agreeing. This receiving thing's really difficult. Or asking. I'm, I'm better now than I was before if you just come up and bless me. But, oh, buckets, I don't want to ask for anything. Just don't. Yet, if we're truly submitting and humbling ourselves one to another as family, as the word tells us to do, why is that so difficult? No answers. I don't know why receiving is so difficult, but it's one of the things that it's not only difficult to receive from other humans, why do we have such a tough time receiving what the Lord has done for us, what he wants for us, how he wants to bless us? Why is that difficult? Some of it's because of the lies that the enemy or life has got us into. And I submit to you that in community, we can assist breaking some of that off in those little conversations, those little flybys. 
There. Dropped one on you, Josiah. Chew on that for a minute. Whatever. Being purposeful in what we say as we're together. To help a brother out. Because he helps me out. Why wouldn't I want to help him out? <laughs> Praise God. Can I just share with you guys that I only skipped about five scriptures? And I'm almost at the end of these notes. Lord, you're so good. Thank you. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. And let us consider how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Deeds aren't works. Two different things. Yes, you could call a deed a work, but it's done in love. It's not that I don't have to go help him move. I want to go help him move. It blesses me. And let us consider how to spur one another along on along to love and good deeds let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching anybody else see the day approaching yes. of our lord's return <laughs> this pressure from heaven this glory heaven's invading earth we know there's a first heaven. I'm standing on it. Yeah? I'm standing on it over here too. Okay. Where's the second heaven? Between here and the third heaven. Yeah? <coughs> Who has control over the second heaven? It's not a trick. Satan. Okay. Heaven's invading earth. And it's dethroning all those powers and principalities of the air. And that's exposing all that we've been talking about is being exposed. That's been done forever. We just haven't known about it to the level we do now. Yeah. Especially since you know that the day of the Lord, Lord's coming is getting closer. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit. But let us encourage one another. Can we encourage each other, beloved? Yes. In a deeper way? Yes. Who likes to be encouraged? <laughs> Look at y'all. Of course we do, right? That was the last question, too. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. John 15, 19 in the ESV. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Because darkness can't comprehend light, and we're light carriers. 
I pray you are spurred on. I pray you are encouraged. I pray you are challenged. I pray you have a desire to dive into this community that is gelling in a bigger way more every day. As we seek the Lord's heart for our family in a new and fresh way, that's really an old and tried and proven way. Amen. Amen. So there's going to be prayer ministers at the front. If you'd stand, I'd love the opportunity to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.